0: It's a celebration today, my friends. Opening day baseball is here. Brewers down in Chicago to take on the Cubs. First pitch, one twenty today at Wrigley.
1: Your feet, clap your hands, you're part of the team sitting in the stands.
0: This is where it's all at, Rowdy. Love this song. Come
1: see what's brewing. Come see what's brewing. 2023 crew. Come see what the
0: Brewers are doing. Come on and cheer us, Superstar. Cheering on, Superstar. Corbin Burns on the bump today. Marcus Stroman opposite of the for, uh, him for the Cubs. How's it feel, Rowdy? We've, we've made it to opening day. How's it feel? Yeah, we've made it,
2: and there's still snow on the ground.
0: Yeah. I woke up, it was 20 degrees. I was like, what, what is this? At least
2: uh, warmer weather looks like we're probably here to stay after this weekend
0: yeah let's let's usher that in quickly Uh chicago uh, currently 29 degrees a high of 53 it's gonna be cloudy when the brewers and cubs uh, get underway in the mid to low 40s rowdy about 43 44 as we get underway for the campaign the brewers Woo. all right rowdy we've uh at least the
2: weather today in Chicago gonna be much better than what it is on Friday and even Saturday.
0: Saturday's supposed to snow in Chicago. From um, my weather report, were you seeing anything different or? Yeah, snow and rain. Oh, It was looking
2: like if that weather report held up, they were gonna be able to play Thursday, Sunday.
0: <sighs> I don't know why you just can't start out in American Family Field where they have a freaking roof. You gotta schedule baseball schedulers know your weather. No, you're Jack, if you're on America. All right, Rowdy, Corbin Burns taking the bump. Let's just dive right into Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, oh, real quick, by the way, Drew Holiday, 51 points last night, the sixth Milwaukee buck to ever score 50 more or more points uh, in a game. We'll get to a little bucks. Giannis also with a triple-double, and Grayson Allen with a posterizing dunk on Jordan Nuora. <laughs> Former teammate. Yeah, who had that on their bingo card? Jay, Grayson Allen with a poster dunk. All right, we'll dive into Brewer or Bucks a little later, but it's opening day. We're here, Rowdy. Do you have any favorite opening day memories for the Milwaukee Brewers? You don't have to go too far for Lorenzo Cain. Yeah, I mean, t- 2019,
2: we were all at the red zone for basically like a opening day Brewers event where it was like, Hey, all the listeners come out. We're going to be at the red zone okay. and people showed up. Cause if I remember correctly, we got like a keg for anyone we that did. came,
0: we did get a keg.
2: And that was the same day that the Milwaukee brew, I believe it was Christian Yelich right away in the first inning, hit a home run. Yep. <laughs> and then to save the game, Lorenzo Cain makes a, Jumping play at the wall and basically robs a home run, and the Brewers beat the Cardinals 2019.
0: Freaking awesome. As, uh, yeah, Lorenzo Kane, dumb man. Uh, God, other day, opening day memories. I mean, it's just everything. Do you have anything you do in opening day, Rowdy? You have any, like, uh, uh, do you do a certain thing? Do you maybe watch Major League the night before? Do you no. wear a certain pair of underwear on opening day? No, <laughs> Major League uh, opening day,
2: basically all I do is try to watch as much baseball as possible. That's uh, and base- where I'm at.
0: Baseball is going to be very, very good to us. Uh, so much cool stuff for the Brewers to unfold. Uh, 85 to 86, did, uh, did you see where it settled that for... Uh, the over under win total? I
2: believe it was 86.5. 86.5.
0: Uh, the question is, Brewers fans out there, what do you think is going to happen? Will they go over it? Will they go under it? What is your range for the Milwaukee freaking Brewers? Uh, also, uh, Low didn't Low have another opening day against the Cardinals uh, a couple years back? twenty Maybe 2019? I think Low had another like awesome game-ending catch. I want to say.
2: Yeah, that was the memory that I shared.
0: Oh, I thought it was Cubs for some reason. Sorry, um, I'm thinking of a different Cubs game. And then um, a different, definitely different look team uh, as we're coming into this campaign. Now I did see a cool graph already that the Brewers had. I think it was the second uh, best starting rotation in the league. The the question though is everything else around it. What is the weakness for the Milwaukee Brewers coming into this year? Is well, that- the poll, or I guess the
2: ranking for best rotation in the league. You know where they came in on that list last year?
0: Were they, were they number
2: one, number two, number two. Um, that really didn't come to fruition last year. No, obviously 2021 they had Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta. Now Corbin Burns won the Cy Young and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta also finished in the top 10. And we can't forget that Adrian Hauser was pretty darn good in 2021, too. It was his career year. There was a lot of injuries, though, last year.
0: Yeah, Woodruff
2: missed time with the, what is it, the Reynolds syndrome? Yep. You had Freddie Peralta with the shoulder where he missed months. You had Adrian Hauser, I believe, with the same groin that is now acting up again to start this year. Like... Almost every other starting pitcher they had went down because that was when I remember we were talking about all this and it's like, yeah, you know, you look at this Milwaukee Brewers roster. They got those five star or five stud starting pitchers coming into this year. And then you even got two other guys that are like major league serviceable. And then all of a sudden you were down to like three guys (laughs) because nobody could stay healthy. And again, Aaron Ashby's not even healthy again to start this season. But... I'd argue they got even more depth at the starting pitching with some of the additions and some of the guys that have grown up a little bit. So, yes, uh, number two on those type of rankings for best starting rotations two years in a row. Just got to stay healthy. 2021, it stayed healthy. 2022, it didn't.
0: Uh, Number one was the Mets in the top ten starting rotation, two, the Brewers, three, your Atlanta Braves, Rowdy, and four, the Rangers, five, Ben's Phillies, Yankees, Padres, Strohs, Blue Jays, Angels, Mariners. uh, Angels and Mariners both tied uh, for number you 10. said the Mets were number one. Number one. I'm pretty
2: sure that is the exact same rankings that was last year. <laughs> at least for the top two, it was Mets because I remember it was Mets Brewers.
0: Yeah, uh, Mets Brewers and then Braves coming in number three. Uh, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers they got arms uh, for starting rotation. They got arms. Uh, you look at Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Lauer, Miley, Hauser, uh, Brewers. <laughs> that's pretty nice. The question is right on the pitching side of things. We talked about it a little bit uh, yesterday, two days ago. Was the bullpen? It's Devin Williams and then Matt effing Bush.
2: And there's a couple other guys out there, but for the most part, you look at a bullpen where the bullpen's going to have eight-ish guys to start this season. And you might have only really heard of four. <laughs> Ooh, so, yes, mm-hmm. a lot of question marks. But that being said, uh, you, you're talking about the bullpen having question marks, but it's not that those guys are just brutally bad. Yeah. Like they're guys that just don't have as much experience, or they're guys that they have some good stuff. They just don't have a ton of big league experience. experience. Yeah. So, so it's not like they're it's not like they're god awful players and it's like major
0: league where it's the team's supposed to stink. <laughs> there's no one dead on the list that they're crossing off. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then Or I would say this there's no uh Ed Harris's on that roster, a little that, little jalapeno. Yeah, need to get a little jalapeno up in his nose so that the uh, little jalapeno crisco yeah. or where he what does he say to um uh Vaughn in the movie where he goes, You'll get there someday, too, kid. Your arm isn't always going to be <laughs> like that. No, these are actually these are younger live arms, they're just not super experienced. You put snot on the ball. <laughs>
0: Sometimes a little jalapeno. Uh, And then there's the offense, Rowdy. There's the, uh, I mean, obviously there's defense as well in the field, but the offensive side of things, Brewers uh, love to hit the home run and uh, put runs across the plate courtesy of the home run ball. What happens this year with the Brewers' offense? I mean, we'll dive more into it as the show continues, but right now it's just printing with broad strokes. The offense for the Milwaukee Brewers. Broad strokes,
2: and we'll get into it more. I think the offense is actually better. It's deeper. Yes. Like, I still can't believe how much they played Andrew McCutcheon, not only at DH, but in the field last year, and how much of a shell of a player he actually was from years prior. Like, there's no Andrew McCutcheons on this team. (laughs) Like, there's no old guys taking up roster spots. That's why you saw Joey Weimer compete for almost the last spot. He was like the last guy to get cut and sent back to the minors. Yeah. I firmly believe that if the Brewers weren't going to abide by what is essentially the Chris Bryant rule mm-hmm. where you got to keep people down until May or like the first week of May, Sal Freelich would have made this opening day team. Sure. Joey Weimer probably could have made this opening day team because you look at the outfield and, Tyrone Taylor, who was a guy that finally was going to get his shot of playing every day in the big leagues and not having to be a fourth outfielder or not having to be like a guy that comes in because somebody is hurt. He's hurt now. Now he's going to start the year on the IL. They think he's going to be out for two months. Unfortunate for Tyrone Taylor, but with a guy like Jesse Winker, that is essentially a corner outfielder, but these days is basically a DH. Yeah. That opens up a lot of spots. Lorenzo Cain, gone. Dude. Andrew McCutcheon, gone. Dude. Tyrone Taylor, hurt. I mean, John Johnny Davis, not the basketball player. The other outfielder that they had last year, gone. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a ton of auditions and openings for those young cats, and I do believe that without the Chris Bryant, uh, you call it the Chris Bryant rule, yeah. but without the uh, wanting the Brewers to get their service time starting, they wanted that extra year of uh, arbitration. Because clearly, talk to Corbin Burns, they use them. Oh, yeah. Those guys would have made the team. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they look like and how they play in the first month or so before they are able to bring some of these guys up or willing to bring some of these sure, guys sure. up. But also, to that same point, they got a lot of depth pieces that can play all over. I know we're going to run down the roster for opening day, and we can get into this more, but... I do think they're deeper than they have been the last couple of awesome. years. That's now, great. does that mean that it actually comes to fruition?
0: N- no. no. On paper, though, it looks that better.
2: On paper, it's definitely deeper.
0: And uh, one big, you know, the nice little, I don't want to say crown jewel, but nice piece they got over the offseason, the new catcher, William Contreras, excited <laughs> to see uh, some production from the catcher side of things. So you're not
2: going to be one of the bottom end teams when it comes <laughs> to catcher production? No. Uh,
0: William Contreras Man. brings a nice bat. He's not the greatest defensively, right? But he brings a really nice bat to the team. He's
2: not, but neither was um, Narvaez when he got here. Narvaez yeah. was statistically the second worst catcher in baseball. Ooh,
0: statistically not great.
2: Coming in to the year where he was traded to the Brewers. And the Brewers made him an above-average defensive catcher. Now, if they can do the exact same thing with with uh, Wild Bill, William uh, Contreras. Wild Bill. Uh, he can already s- swing the stick. As if long- you can make him above average defensively, he's going to be a good catcher. As
0: long as he doesn't say something like this. You know, statistically not
1: great. I'll tell you that much.
0: And the king says as long as he also doesn't lean into the plate like his brother does to get those Ding, little dingers. Well, you know, a Contreras is ours now, king. He's yeah, ours now. We're
2: fine and with We're fine that. with it.
0: If he wants to lean into pitches across the plate like his brother, I'm all for it. Uh, it's the pitcher's fault now. It's not the batter's fault. And if he
2: does lean in and they start to uh, peg him or le- lean in and, and get hit by these balls, yeah. then we stick up for our guy. Yeah, totally. But if it's a Cub.
0: Oh, then they're t- t- shameful.
2: Yeah, then take them. They're, they're scum. Then take them out. Yeah. We, we retaliate then. Yeah, then,
0: we, then you get to the head. Like, they're scumbags then. If he's our guy, it's fine. If it's an opponent, oh no, 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 no. Especially a Chicago Cub. Should be a national holiday and said we're forced to work. At least we get to talk about it. That's cool for our job. Opening day. Feels good. Brewers top two rotation in the majors. Mets number one. How about that? Money can buy the Mets happiness rowdy. Don't they have the they have the biggest payroll this year? Over three hundred million dollars. Yeah, they
2: had going into the season, they had the highest projected payroll. And Brewers I think are, that probably stayed right
0: the there. Well the Brewers, that's uh and check. Yeah, go go check. Get the research I, I will that.
2: guess, since they really didn't add much money to this, they actually downsized. Yeah. I'm going to guess they're, like, around 18 to
0: 20th. I, I was going to say, like, bottom half, but not too far down. Yeah, they're not the pirates. They're not the, they're not the cheapest. No. They're not the
2: pirates. They're not the royals. They're not the some of these terrible teams. Yeah,
0: I mean, they're, they're down, but more middle of the pack. Just the... the on the other side, not the, the top side, the downside. Uh, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Eric Lauer, Wade Miley, Adrian Hauser. Uh, Brewers got some arms, and you know you got a Cy Young Award winner in Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff was uh, in the contention as well. Uh, fastball, Freddie. Ooh, I was close. Where are they at? Nineteenth. Oh, it. Okay. Is it 18th? Yeah, said, is it
2: 18th? 18th. Yeah, 19th. they are 19th, right? Sandwiched right between the Seattle Mariners at 18 and the Detroit Tigers at 20.
0: Mm. So we'll see what happens with the Mets. Lots of poverty
2: franchises, though, in the top five. You have New York Mets are one, They're Yankees are two, yep. Padres three. This is really poverty. Philadelphia Phillies oh, four. I was told
0: they have no money. And the Dodgers are five. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what do you have the obviously the Mets have the most yes what? the Mets currently have the highest payroll
2: of just under 335 million dollars <laughs> <laughs> and then the what you says the Yankees the Yankees are second And they are just under $269 million. I mean, that's a huge drop off alone from the Mets to the Yankees. It is. But also, you can go back just a few years ago, and there was like one, two, three teams that had over $200 million payrolls. And now they're sitting there, and depending on if the Braves add this year, there's Could be eight. (laughs) Like seriously, just a few years ago, it was like there was like two or three.
0: Oh my god! A a lot of owners pissed off uh, at the Mets and Steve Cohen for spending all that money. They're like,
2: "Hey, hey, come on, what are you doing, man? How much do you think the the Brewers' payroll is?" Especially saying that number one is the Mets at just under two thirty five, and number two is the Yankees at just under two sixty nine.
0: God, I don't know. What are they sitting at, Rowdy? Just hit me. Nineteenth. a little
2: over 108 million. 100, I was going to guess like 120 something. But. Now, last place, the Oakland A's, 43.1 million.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what's the most the brewers ever spent when they kind of broke the next year? Was it was 130. Th- no, it was uh, one.
2: Hold on. I got it in my
0: phone. Because that was 20. 20- was that 2019? It was 2019, 19.
2: It was 2019 well, we because we that was the year the where most. they re- they signed his Monte Grandal to that one year deal that was worth like 16, 17 million. That was where they uh, had Lorenzo Kane. They had Christian Yelich. Uh, that's when they signed Mike Boustakis.
0: They're like, then they cried broke over it all. Uh, they were
2: still less than 140 million. By my numbers, about one hundred and thirty-six million. As I
0: say, that was one hundred thirty something. Oh, we spent one hundred thirty-six million. We're broke. We can We tried. You know uh, where one
2: hundred and thirty-six million would slot them this year? Fourteenth. <laughs> no. Where? One more spot higher. <laughs> the gap. So right. So right now, the Mariners are the eighteenth place team. They are spending just under one hundred and thirty million. The seventeenth highest payroll is the twins. They are spending over one hundred and forty one million. Man. So, yes, the highest the Milwaukee Brewers have ever spent in any year of their franchise history on a, on a payroll would be good enough for 18th this year.
1: 18th
0: <laughs> it's
2: still. That's close to bottom third. Whoa. Hey,
0: second best rotation in the game, though, according to a bunch of uh, publications out there. Yeah. For a guaranteed
2: three to four months.
0: We got to play this baby
1: brewers, brewers, Keep turning up the heat Get it all and rip that
2: off
1: Roarers,
0: Roarers, keep turning up the heat Come on Brewers! God, I love that guy singing Opening day baby How would you love to be in the recording studios? This guy's belting it out. This guy's awesome. Listen, he's just feeling it. This song rules.
1: Does
0: this get you inspired or what, Rowdy? This is like Luther Vandross' One Shining Moment on steroids. I won't lie, I don't think I knew any words or lines of the song
2: outside of the chorus
0: but we love our brewers and we're mighty proud we clap our hands stomp our feet because why the taste of victory is oh so sweet there you go cubs today bring it on you losers in the in american family field south yeah all right rowdy before we get into the opening day roster Uh, Yeah, we'll have our stats around here. We check in. Baseball's all about the stats, right? Uh, There's a lot of things coming up. Baseball perspectives. uh, First place for the Brewers at 87 and 75. giving them a 55.5% chance to win the NL Central and a 63.3% chance to make the playoffs. But USA Today puts them in second place at 84 and 78. None of the writers there think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, You go to Sporting News, 83 and 79 with a 30% chance of winning the division, 48% chance of making the playoffs. You go to Sportnet, second place, 88-74. and 74. Fan graphs, 85 wins with a 40% chance of winning the division. And Boston Globe, uh, only one of the writers of seven there think the Brewers will win the division. Not a lot of, eh, kind of a mixed bag, I guess, for the Brewers. Yeah, kind of interesting, what,
2: the high mark there was 88, and the low was 84? Uh, 83. Or 83? Yeah, 83. And I told you, man, this is probably for the last month or so. I, I kind of have two feelings. One feeling is that this kind of goes south from the start. You have <laughs> players like Corbin Burns and Willie Adams that might be a little frustrated with the front office. Well, we are going now,
0: south already. We're starting in Wrigley Field.
2: When I say going south, I'm not saying that they're just going to stink because they can't afford to stink or act like they're pissed off like I still believe those type of guys are going to come out here and have good seasons but it's the rest of the team right I feel like you could have a nosedive and, and not play well the first three months of the season and you're looking at a team that probably has 82 wins 83 wins now if they come out play well this is a team that could win 88 maybe push for 90 wins on paper with the roster that they have and be right in there down to the wire with the Cardinals for the division. So I think there's one of two seasons. Now I know RJ here runs a, po- uh, a pool where you have to guess the Brewers record and then there's some tiebreaker stuff around it. What I submitted to RJ was actually 87 and 75. That, that is the record that I believe the Milwaukee Brewers will have this year. I think they'll be in contention for the division towards the last week or two of the season.
0: A lot of people uh, or not a lot of people. Some people have been talking about Brewers going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, obviously, you you got the, the backbone of that awesome starting rotation, and then we're going to and you said offensively, you think they're going to be better this year, which would be obviously a plus. And then uh, what happens in the bullpen? Like this team, this team could has the potential to surprise some people, with some young guys.
2: In 2021, all the starting pitching stayed healthy and Corbin Burns won a Cy Young. Woodruff and Peralta were in the top 10 for Cy Young that year. Adrian Hauser arguably had one of his better years of his career. Eric Lauer started to come around the rotation was phenomenal and they had probably, and then you throw in Aaron Ashby who was brought up halfway through that season that after his first starter to pitch quite well too, they had probably seven guys that were serviceable starters on that 2021 team. And clearly the top three were all in Cy Young candidacy 2022 it looked like they had about the same number, probably seven guys that were MLB serviceable type starting pitchers with that same core coming back. But basically everyone outside of Corbin Burns got injured. Yeah. And clearly that group of seven, which if you have seven solid starting <laughs> pitchers or at least serviceable major league pitchers, you should do pretty well. Good thing. But then all of a sudden five or six of them were hurt. Like yeah. that was pretty unlucky. Still bald. Then you traded away Josh Hader. Obviously, the clubhouse was quite frustrated, and and it went downhill from there. They didn't make the playoffs. On paper, this year, in 2023, they're even deeper at starting pitching. They probably have nine guys when all are healthy that you would consider serviceable Major League Baseball starters. That That's so much depth at the starting pitching position. I expect the starting pitching to be closer to the 2021 season mm-hmm. than what it was last year. And then you mentioned what I said earlier. I, I firmly believe that this team offensively, has more depth than it has in 2021 or 2022, which is a good thing when you look at some of the guys. Now, maybe not those, those top end. It's not like you have Paul Goldschmidt at first base and Nolan Arenado at third base type players, but overall the team as a whole, it feels like it's deeper than 2021 yeah. and 2022 when everybody is healthy. My huge question mark is the bullpen.
0: Yeah, All right, we're going to dive into the opening of the roster here momentarily. Rowdy's ready to, to attack it. <laughs> Usually Led Zeppelin would play for this cat. Fresh off of a vacation to Jamaica, man. Oh, yeah. Our guy, a Rasta himself, Rob Reichel. Rasta Robbie. What's up, Rasta Robbie? Yeah, man.
1: <laughs> How's Jamaica, oh, dude? Well, that's you know they, they, they don't say hi or hello or you know I'm doing okay. It's, it's yaman on everything. So it's uh, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that I'm bringing that saying back to the states. And after about 24 hours, I'm sure someone's gonna get so sick of it, they'll punch me in the head. Now,
0: Rob, so, you couldn't uh, quite escape uh, the duties in America. I know Rowdy was all over, your ass about NCAA tournaments. I did not bother you on vacation. <laughs> But Rowdy, yeah, Rowdy, Rowdy demands satisfaction. He demands that you pay attention and listen to him. Time out here.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I'll say this in Rowdy's defense: he's uh, he's doing a hell of a job in our pool. People are saying to me, "Who is this? Who is this Rowdy guy running away with the pool?" I've, oh, never I've, seen I've, seen I've heard about it, like Rob, that. every day. That's, yeah, yeah. Evil he's tells
2: nothing but lies. No, but no, no. my thought was. You said you were leaving for Jamaica after we had you on, so I didn't realize it was a Wednesday to Wednesday. I figured you'd be back. Cause I think I texted you like Sunday afternoon.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I would have taken two or three weeks if I could have, Rowdy. Rob, if
0: it makes you feel any better, every time I've taken a vacation, Rowdy is always on my ass too. The last one, he had ran out of gas on the Beltline first day of vacation. I'm getting texted about. I'm like, I'm gone. I'm gone. Like I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> All right, Robbie. As you were gone, though, some more things unfolded with the Green Bay Packers. Um, <laughs> we're all ready for this to get done. Will this ever get done? Now the report's out there. Brian Guttekunst, Uh What did you think on vacation, by the way, of Brian Gutekunst and what he had to say about Aaron Rodgers? Is this him protecting and defending himself in the honor of the green and gold? Or is this like a guy in a pissing match who shouldn't be in a pissing match?
1: No, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Rowdy's not the only one who doesn't let me escape. I cer- I certainly was all over the Packers stuff. I didn't write anything for a few <laughs> days because we were gone. That's and, what, and they hate Rodgers like, even more. You're like, Damn it, Rodgers. Yeah, you know, but uh, I, I was in contact with with yeah, a number of, you know, my buddies who were down there covering the owners' meetings and things like that and certainly looked over the tra- transcripts pretty close, Evo. I, I'll tell you what, this, this is Brian Gutikulins being honest. I really believe that. I, I don't. I don't think at this point in time, um, you know, he, he has anything to gain by throwing throwing any more dirt on the Rogers' grave. And in fact, he, he even dodged two or three questions, Evo, where where people kind of put it on the tee for him to to hammer Aaron Rodgers, and he chose not to do that. Um, you, you guys know Rodgers, and I know you love him to death, Evo. You know, but. This is this is how he's been for a decade now. He, he's passive aggressive with a lot of things, and and he loves to come back and play the victim. And and, and throughout this whole process, the last two or three years, <clears throat> excuse me, when he, uh, you know, when, when he wanted some say in in management decisions and things like that, um, and he I mean, he eventually got them. You know, and the, and the Packers relinquished and, and gave it gave him a little bit of control of some of these decisions. You know, he, he said all along, I want open lines of communication. I, I want to be, I want to be in the loop, and, and it certainly feels like Brian Gutikunz opened that door and extended that offer for him throughout the course, you know, of, of the first month or so after the season ended. And, and Rogers just chose not to. I mean, I, I had this conversation with a couple people in the last day or two. I mean, and, and I think think of this from from your perspective, guys. I mean, Evo and, and Nelly, if if your boss is calling you for a month straight and say, Let's Let's talk about ratings. Well, let's talk about who our guests are. Let's, let's talk about if, if six to 10 works best or we should move the time slot whatever it is. And, and you guys just choose not to return the phone call. I mean, if, 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 if you guys probably aren't on, aren't on the air come next Monday, if, if that's the case, and, he, and eventually I think Brian good threw through his arms up in the air and he said, listen, it's, it's the start of March or whatever, whatever date it was. He kind of came to this realization. I, I can't keep doing this anymore. With, with this guy, uh, you, we're coming off an 8-9 season. He was as average as average gets. We're paying him $60 million. Well, what's the upside of this whole relationship? And, and at some point in time, he had to make the call to move on to Jordan Love. Um, so, and, and, and he did that, obviously, guys. And, yeah. and you know, so, if, again, if I'm Brian goody um, he gains he nothing right now by, by telling any sorts of fibs or lies. I, I, think, I think he's fully honest in this situation. Um, this is just who Rogers is. He's he's passive aggressive. Um, like, like I said, he, um, you know, he, he will avoid potential conflict. And I think the conflict was coming up from the standpoint of Gutekunst telling him we're not bringing back Big Dog. We're not bringing back Cobb. We're not bringing back Onion, whoever it is. You know, you, you're going to go to battle next year with these guys. If, if you're even on the roster, we need you to redo the contract, blah, blah, blah. So he goes into his dark place, he goes into his hiding, he comes back and he and he and he and he claims the victim and, and here we are now guys and it's kind of a he said, she said on a on a little bit of a of, of that stage. But, but, uh, but again, guys, I think Brian Goodacoon was being honest throughout those owners meetings the other day.
0: So Rob, with this now, um, you know, Brian, <laughs> you, you're right, Robbie? You got a little, you got a little smokers lung coming back from Jamaica. Yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I, I thought we'd cover that. I
1: thought
0: we covered oh, that. that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you you do, Rob does not, excuse me. If anything, it would be me doing that. Rob, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, let's see here. Brian Goodacoon saying that they probably wouldn't even want a first round pick. Now, I see this with Matt Florio or uh, Mike Florio out there talking, saying that you know the Packers aren't going to be having these unreasonable demands anymore. It's Aaron Rodgers, though. At the end of the day, shouldn't the Packers be getting a first-round pick for him? Or how do you see this actually playing out with the Jets if it you know happens? Which I assume it will.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I don't think that's unreasonable whatsoever, Evil. I don't. I don't even think a one is enough when you go back and you trace the history. The last two or three years, right, of, of the Matt Stafford contract or Matt Stafford trade. I mean, and and the Russell Wilson trade and things like that. Now, I think when you add it all up, Ebo, it's going to come up to first round value. You know, maybe maybe a two and a three, a two and a future two, um, whatever. Twenty twenty four turns out to be, you know, the twenty twenty four pick is going to be completely contingent on how Aaron Rodgers plays in twenty twenty three and. So that could obviously up the value of of the trade if, if the Jets go twelve and five and Rodgers throws for forty five hundred yards and they make the playoffs and he's in the MVP chase. That's going to be a really sweet draft pick when it's all said and done. But no, I, I I'm with you a hundred percent. I I don't think a one right out of the shoot that number thirteen pick is unreasonable whatsoever. We're you know we're we're talking about one of the better quarterbacks of the last two decades. You you have, you absolutely should maximize value. I, I know his season in twenty twenty two was was the epitome of average, but he's only you know he's only eighteen months or fifteen months whatever it is removed from winning an MVP, actually winning back to back MVPs. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see where it goes from here. Evo Brian, you know, the, the the problem that Green Bay has obviously is there's only one team that that wants Aaron Rodgers at this point in time, and and you know. And so, so they're both a little bit between a rock and a hard place. I, I'm not sure anybody has terrific leverage or particular leverage in, in this, in this trade and in, in this deal. But I, but I think when you add it up, people, you They're going to wind up getting, you know, the, the value of a one and, and more than a one for Aaron Rogers.
0: Interesting. Rob Rice joining us right now. Uh, Forbes.com Conley media fresh off of AK. So Robbie, now it's a, uh, you know, it's Jordan Love's time. A lot of people freaking out about the Matt Lafleur comments uh, earlier this week, saying like uh, basically to temper your expectations of Jordan Love. I mean, what? Why are people freaking out about that? It's, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be Brett Favre. He's going to be Jordan Love. Like, what's realistic for Jordan Love uh, for his first year starting?
1: Yeah, and and just remember on on that one, for example, Evo. You know, Aaron Rodgers took over a team in two thousand and eight.
0: Excuse
1: me, that was thirteen and three. In 2007, went to the NFC championship game, probably should have won that NFC championship game against the Giants. They came back in 2008 with 20 of 22 starters. They lost, they lost Brett Favre, obviously, to the Jets in the ultimate irony. And then, and then they, they had one defensive (laughs) starter to replace. They, they they brought back 10 of 11. In essence, it was the exact same football team that Aaron Rodgers took over that Brett Favre had led, um, you know, the previous year and evil, well, they fell to six and 10. Yeah. And you know, the, the, it, it was the greatest one year drop in franchise history. That, that seven game decline at that point in time. Um, Rogers was solid that year, obviously he threw for 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 15 picks, uh, but he couldn't win close games. And, and that, that wound up being the story of a lot of, a lot of his career in green Bay. So I, I see where Matt LaFleur is going with this. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to put a ton on the young kid's plate. and, and, and there are some real parallels where love is in his career and, and where Rodgers is in his career. We, we've been down that road on the, on this show many times. Just, just how crazy it is these parallels line up from, from how many years they sat to age. Um, it, you know, it, it's at you know, the end, the, the quarterback rating they're going to come in with after three years as a reserve, the touchdowns, the interception ratios, and then things like that. It's, it's a tough league, guys. I, I think a quarterback needs, you know, sixteen to twenty four starts before you can absolutely evaluate exactly what to have and, and where he is. So it, it it's gonna take Jordan Love a little bit of time and this offense I'm sure some time um, you know, to, to for all of us to figure out exactly who they are and, and what they have and what the strengths are and you know, where 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 things look for twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five. But but I, I I will say this you know Evo and I get what Lafleur is doing on tempering expectations. There's going to be a lot more he can put into the playbook in terms of moving Jordan Love around and, and and getting him on the move and on the run because you know that 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 was the strength of Aaron Rodgers' game for for a decade plus. But you, you guys saw over the last two or three years his, his legs were not the same um, at the end here uh, at, as he nears the end of his career as they were at the start. So. You know, there's obviously going to be some things they have to scale back on that Rodgers could do, but there's going to be some fresh new looks with this offense that that Matt Lafleur can incorporate as well. So, uh, you know, we'll see what the offense winds up looking like, guys. You know, four to six weeks from now after they do a draft, maybe maybe pick up a couple of cheap free agents, veteran wide receivers, things like that that can help Jordan Love out at some point in time. Um, you know, but but right now I do I do get what Matt Lafleur is doing. Evo, because mm-hmm. you look at that wide receiver room, for example, you know all they really have is the three wide receiver, three rookies from last year, for the most part, coming back. They, they've really got to upgrade, really got to upgrade that position. They've got to upgrade tight ends and and then things like that. And and that's what Gudenkunz has to do in the next month. It, it's a huge draft for him. He's got he's got to get a couple of picks, I would say, from the Jets before that draft. It doesn't really pay to wait until after get try to get those picks now and. And, and, and get a little more help for Jordan Love in 2023.
0: Hi, right, Rasta Robbie. Two more questions, but off of the Packers trail here. Uh, rumor was that uh, not only around here in Wisconsin, but also in America, it, it leaked over in Jamaica as well, that people were abuzz for the NIT semifinals. Uh, what was it like knowing that Wisconsin went on a nine-minute and seven-second drought to get kicked out of the NIT tournament, Robbie, when you're in Jamaica drinking rum?
1: Oh my god! I, I love my brother to death, but he was texting me through that game. Just Why about, is everyone
0: bothering you on vacation, Rob? Turn your phone off. <laughs> turn it off. Like turn off. So you can't be bothered. I,
1: I, and, and I kept saying, I kept saying to him, "What game are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about?" He kept sending me text along the lines like, "This, this is embarrassing. This is atrocious." And I'm like, "What are you?" I, like, I had actually forgot the game was on or existed. <laughs> evil. I mean, I, again, I, I say I stand by my my entire initial. Uh, Statement that they should have declined the bid and bet North Carolina. I I I I I don't know what you gain from going to that ridiculous idiotic JV tournament. Wow,
0: Um, Rob, they uh, won three games in a row. It's a good thing.
1: They 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 beat Oregon's backups and they won two home games that nobody cared about, and they they had to send the head coach around campus to pass out free tickets.
0: Hey, one of our listeners, Beamer Bobby, says he absolutely loves you, Rob. Your take on Rogers and the NIT? He's 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 applauding. He's applauding his BMW right now. He's not using his blinker.
1: So, and the last thing, uh, yeah, yeah. I I I I appreciate that. I'll I just I mean, you know, I appreciate that. You know, let's let, let, let's just go real big picture. I mean, is is Greg Gard on Rowdy's? You know, you're on notice, Mount Mount Rowdy.
2: He was the originator, and
0: is back on it. Yes, yes he's on there, Rob. It's
1: got to be. This is. This this is I mean this this is the biggest season of Greg Gard's life, right?
0: Roddy, what Brewers on Mount Notice?
2: Christian Yelich. This is my last year, Rob. I this is strike three, three years in a row. If you can't get back to at least being a borderline All Star, I'm done with them.
0: So on that Brewers front, Robbie, it's opening day today. What are we thinking about the Brewers' campaign?
1: What's Vegas got them at? Eighty
0: six and a half.
1: Oh God, grab that under. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, man, that's easy money, Evo. Robbie, Come on. The, the, one of the
0: best rotations in the league.
1: So I keep hearing. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, no, grab gra- gra- grab, the under. Uh, nah. uh, with, with, with that owner,
0: you know, they, they,
1: they, they could be 81 and 59 at the all-star break or whatever it is. What do we have at the all-star break? 110 games. So I gave you too many. Let's say they're 71 and 50, 71 and 48, whatever it is. He, he might he might start selling parts because he doesn't want to give some of these guys big contracts. No nope. no faith in that owner, Greg, Greg, grab the other.
0: <laughs> okay, Rob, before you go then, Rasta Rob, what happens today or in the first series against the Chicago Cubs?
1: Wow, you're catching me way out of my comfort zone, Evo. It's the it's with, the scrubs, Robbie. Come with, on, just gut with, feeling, with baby. This, with the with with this ridiculous, who's on who's on the hill?
0: Strowman versus Burns.
1: Yeah, I, I figured it had to be Burnsy. Yeah, Burns will win. I mean, he, he's too freaking good. But, but it'll but it'll be one nothing or two one, and Council will almost blow the game nine <laughs> different
2: times. Hey, we do have a listener that did have a take that you shouldn't sign Corbin Burns long term because he only has thirty five career wins. <laughs>
1: Is that on Corbin Burns' though, or is, or is that on the offense? I mean, he has he has legendary, historical franchise numbers, doesn't he? In in, in a number of these categories, I yes. mean, he's well, he won the Cy Young. Well, exactly. I mean, he's he's, he's he's the best pitcher I I mean of my lifetime is as a Brewer. And all, all, although you never know, right, Nelly? You know, maybe the second or third best all time pitcher is was sent to San Diego last year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think Josh Hader does come back. I don't know if we're going to see Josh Hader to the Josh Hader powers that he did have, but I think uh, you're still going to see a, a pretty damn good reliever.
1: Robbie? Well, and and, and, and again, I I understand the point. You might have had to move Hader at some point in time, but the fact you got a six-pack of diet, Pepsi for him, and, and uh, you know a great guard bobblehead probably wasn't enough at that oh. trade.
0: Do you know where I can get one of these Greyguard bobbleheads? I need one for the studio. Sounds awesome.
1: (laughs) Hey, Rob, we we love you, buddy. I'm glad you're
0: back from uh, next time you're on vacation. Turn it, uh, do not disturb on your phone. It works wonders, I'm telling you.
2: Hey, that bobblehead, Rob, the first one, there was only 100 of them given away because they actually used real-life guard hair. They just didn't have, they couldn't make more than a
0: hundred.
1: <laughs> I, I, I thought maybe the demand w- 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 uh, ended after a hundred rowdies.
0: <laughs> that also could be true. Robbie, we love you, brother. Good stuff as always.
1: All right, guys. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be back at it next <laughs> week with, with a lot more to write about with the draft coming. Yeah, hopefully
0: something happens. All right. Much love, Rob. See you, buddy. All right, Rob Rachel Forbes.com, Conley Media, Rob Rachel on Twitter. Is Christian Yelich back Moments ago, 30 minutes ago, Yelly tweets out year 11 at Brewers with a montage of him working out, baby. Push-ups, pull-ups, swinging some ropes, lifting weights, and then... Brewers, like, they
1: they can't get by the Pirates. Milwaukee has to have a lot happen to them. They don't control their own... So So Yelly's the stare they strike through The biggest issue right now with Milwaukee, the Brewers...
0: And then the heartbeat, American family field, Yelich, ready to unleash year 11. Roddy, obviously, Yelich is going to be on the uh, opening day roster. Who yeah, else is going to be on there?
2: <laughs> Clearly, if they can't get past the Pittsburgh Pirates, then this is going to be a disaster. It's <laughs> yeah, not
0: going to be good. All right, Roddy, break down the opening day roster for us. Yeah, so
2: now this isn't a 100% official opening day roster that hasn't been submitted yet, but this is... 99.9% probably what it's going to be, unless there's some out of left field late addition and subtraction to this roster. But yeah, you look at the team starting with the batters, you look at the catcher position, the catcher position should be much upgraded from what it was last year. Cause remember last year was Omar Narvaez, Victor Carantini serving as the backup. Omar Narvaez was supposed to be the hitting catcher, right? And Victor Carantini was supposed to be kind of like the insurance, and let's also say that they did have Pedro uh, Severino Pets. who was supposed to be back there but got popped with PEDs, PEDs, so he was never available. But yes, upgrading position clearly, or the catching position clearly upgraded when you traded for William Contreras. William Contreras, a great hitting catcher, was an all-star last year. Contreras can play catcher, D.H., in a pinch, he could probably play a little corner outfield, but he's gonna be a much better hitting catcher than what Omar Nervaez was, who was very up and down in his Brewer's career. And Victor Carantini's back is insurance. He kinda is what he is. He's a fill-in guy. He's he's still versatile. I mean, this is a guy that also played first and third at the big league level. So catching position should be much improved. I'm ready to see what William Contreras can do, especially hitting the baseball. Hell yeah. He's not really a, a great defensive catcher, but neither was Omar Narvaez and this Brewers staff turned him into an above-average catcher defensively. So I'm, I'm eager to see what they can do defensively with William Contreras. Does it
0: feel weird to cheer for a guy with Contreras on the back of his jersey? No, it means I love him even more. Because <laughs> he's got Brewers on the front? <laughs> what if he leads first at bat, he leans into a pitch and gets beamed? We'll take it. We'll, we say, hey, that's the pitcher's fault. Not a Contreras' fault. Then you move to first base, obviously a a fan
2: favorite, Rowdy Telez. Everyone knows what Rowdy Telez is, bigger guy. I actually think his numbers should improve a little bit. He is a guy that is a little more pole heavy, and with the uh, shift restrictions, it's not a banning of the shift, but with the shift restrictions, I think that you'll see a guy like Rowdy Telez, a lefty pole hitter, will have some improved numbers. But then the newcomer, Luke Voigt, Luke Voigt is a guy who, well, he's going to hit for power. He, he might not hit for average, but he's going to hit for power. He's going to be probably the glorified Daniel Vogelback of years past. Now, he is fat. Luke Voigt should come in and help better be a, a platoon player with Rowdy Tellez than what Keston Hira was. Because remember last year when they tried to platoon Tellez and Hira, both guys were bad against lefties, Mm -hmm. and then they just decided to keep batting Hira against lefties, who was actually even worse than Rowdy Telez was against lefties. At least bringing in Luke Voigt, that should at least equal out and become a better tandem at first base. So I actually do think Rowdy Telez improves overall just for the lack of the shift. And Lucas Voigt helps kind of balance out the lefty-righty splits that Keston here was not unable to at first base last year.
0: How about Luke Voigt, 6'3", 255 pounds to Daniel Vogelback? Now this is before he cut weight. Six foot 270. Oh, that's a... They're both big boys. That's a unit. That look like they probably should be playing
2: for your slow pitch (laughs) softball team. Who's bringing the keg? Let's go. Then you move to second base. Got a newcomer here. Obviously, Colton Wong had been the second baseman the last couple of years. And Colton Wong, solid... Uh, defensive player outside of the first half of last year uh pretty consistent 260 hitter with a little bit of pop Bryce Terang is a wild card I mean Bryce Terang top 5 prospect he's a guy that was one of their uh first overall picks you know, a handful of years ago. He's got some major league bloodlines as his dad played in the big leagues. He was a guy that reached Triple A two years ago, got his feet wet, and then last year had a full season at Triple A and and really knocked it out of the park, had a big time season, chomping at the bit to play here. You never know exactly what you're gonna get with prospects, but Bryce Terang is a guy that the Brewers are high on. They love him in the organization with you know, prospect ranks. It's a question mark, but we'll see what we finally have in Bryce Trank's first year in the big leagues, and it's, it'll be his first game today. Moving to shortstop, you know what you got in Willie Adamas. I think it's pretty easy to see Willie Adamas is going to be a guy that hits 240. He's going to hit 20 to 25 bombs. He's going to be productive, and he's going to play solid defense. You know what you got. And then your third baseman, Luis Arias, This guy, I feel like we were talking earlier about, you know, this is the third year for Christian Yelich until I'm done with him. Luis Arias is a guy that when they traded for him, remember he was in that Lauer deal that actually sent Grisham and uh, Davies to San Diego. Yeah, He's a guy that was extremely young when he finally reached the big leagues. And he's been inconsistent. He really didn't hit the baseball like he did in the minor leagues when he was with the the Padres. Came over to Milwaukee, had a really slow start, and then all of a sudden in 2021 had some pop, played quite well. I think he hit just a shade under 250. And after those first couple weeks where they had him at shortstop, really kind of rid himself of the yips and and played much better defense now last year kind of took a step back with the bat struck out a little bit more but this is kind of like that third year for Luis Arias of, of playing mostly every day it's time to sink or swim and then you move you keep moving around the base and you look at the outfield Christian Yelich is Christian Yelich you got to hope that he's he back, back? You got to hope that he can get back to at least being a fringe borderline all-star. If you really want this team to try to compete for a world series, he's back. But then you got Garrett Mitchell. He's going to be making his, uh, what would you would call his rookie year? It's not his big league debut, but it's his first full season, the big leagues, another guy that they drafted in 2020 with their first overall pick ton of talent coming out of UCLA has struggled with uh, injuries. Some of the, Some of the knocks on him coming out of the draft, why he fell a little bit to the Brewers, because he was also seen as a top five talent coming out of that draft, was injuries. He was actually diagnosed with diabetes. yeah, And people thought that that might be an issue with just the road trips and making sure your blood sugar and everything is on par. But we finally get to see what Garrett Mitchell is. At the same time, there's no way he can be worse than what they had in center field last year. Lorenzo (laughs) Cain... was on like the very, very last leg of his playing career. Johnny Davis and not the basketball player. Johnny was not good.
0: Not the corn lead. Garrett Mitchell.
2: If, if he is worth anything is going to make center field better. But now right field is where you have the huge question mark because that was Hunter Renfro. And depending on what Hunter Renfro was or wasn't in the clubhouse, he was a great player on the field. and, He was arguably their most productive hitter last year when healthy. You're going to see Brian Anderson and not the broadcaster out there in right field. Brian Anderson, former Marlin, he's a guy that can also play on the infield. So he's extremely versatile, had a pretty good spring, earned the job out there in right field because, like I said, he – Versatile, he's played some corner outfield. He's gonna be out there to start the season. And then you look at DH. We know that Kestin Hira is no longer there. It's Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker, left-handed power hitter. You probably know him from the Cincinnati Reds a couple years ago. Had an absolute monster season two, three years ago. He hits extremely well at Miller Park when he was a red. He hit extremely well in the stadiums in the NL Central. Coming off of a bad year, it was kind of a lateral trade between him and uh, Colton Wong. We'll see what he can do when he gets healthy. He's really going to be strictly a DH because he's also, you know, a he's a guy that he can't really play the field. Like, he he can play corner outfield, but he is not a good fielder. He'll probably be the Brewers' primary DH. And then you got your two utility guys. Mike Brasso On absolutely fire. tore the cover Clushing. Off of the baseball and spring training. But he's a guy that can cover third, second, first, even shortstop. We saw him there last year in a pinch. He could also play uh, corner outfield in a pinch. You have Owen Miller, a guy that's from Mequon, Wisconsin. They actually traded for him this offseason with the Cleveland uh, Guardians. He's a guy that also very versatile. He can play first base, third base, second base, even a little corner outfield. So that's where you see some of this depth pieces that they added where not only have they had some promise at the big league level despite the lack of total seasons, but they're very versatile. They can play all over. And that's that's the one thing that you notice with most of these guys that made this roster, whether they're your shortstop, second base, third base, utility guys, corner outfielders, a lot of them can play a million different positions. So I'm excited because I really do think looking at the roster, it's it's deep. It's deep with guys that are actually serviceable major league players that are some of them are even up and comers that haven't had a ton of experience or full seasons at the big league level, but have had some promise. And then when you move to the pitching staff, wait, there's more Corbin Burns, obviously if he's healthy, he's going to be in the running for a Cy Young. Brandon Woodruff, he's been extremely consistent for the Brewers since halfway through the 2017 season. You got Eric Lauer, Freddie Peralta is back 100% healthy. What We even played clips earlier this year with Corbin Burns talking about how the one guy he's excited with uh, to see pitch and be healthy again is Freddie Peralta and get him back. And then Wade Miley is going to round out your number five fifth starter. He's a guy that, when he's been healthy since he got to the Brewers in 2018, whether it's with the the Reds, the Cubs, or the Astros, when he's healthy, he's been pretty solid, and he's now penciled in as your fifth starter. And that's not to mention that you still have the Jason Alexanders of the world, the Jansen Junks of the world, the Ethan Smalls of the world, who have made big league appearances, but some of them are injured. But then we get to the bullpen
0: wait there's even more
2: Devin Williams he's gonna be a stud he's been a stud since 2020 but then we get into a lot of the question marks Matt Bush he's an aging relief pitcher with a rocket arm some nasty stuff he's 37 but the arms not 37 because we talked about this some of his run-ins with the law
0: He doesn't,
2: he doesn't have the full, Hey, I've been in the, you know, the bigs for 15 years. There's been some up and downs with him. So it's a little bit of a younger arm. You got Hobie Milner who's coming off of his arguably his best season. But again, before last year, this was a guy that had played in parts of MLB MLB seasons from 2017 to 2021 until last year. In my opinion, it's not someone that I want in the seventh or eighth inning. You have Peter Strezlecki, who was a rookie last year, had a really good year. But again, it's only one year in the big leagues, and it's it's not a ton of experience. You go to Javi Guerra. That's another guy that's been in the big leagues off and on since 2018. Never really had a good year. You have, I think I know how to say it now, Ebo, huh? Joel.
0: Pampas. Payamps, Payamps. Damn it. This is a
2: guy, though, he has been in the big league since 2019, and he's been pretty good, pretty serviceable. Now that's going as a lower, lower leverage reliever. Now you're probably going to ask him to be like your seventh, maybe sixth inning reliever. So it's a step up in experience and a tougher spot for him, but we'll see how it goes. And then the two other guys that round out their pitching rotation and their uh, bullpen, Bryce Wilson, this was a top prospect for the Braves not too long ago. Dude reached the big leagues at like 2021 as a starting pitcher, kind of ran into some woes, kind of figured out that he really didn't have a third pitch, ended up getting shipped to the Pittsburgh Pirates, they kind of turned him into a spot starter slash long man, and now Brewers have him in a bullpen. Again, a guy that hasn't had a ton of success at the big league level, but he is only 24 years old, and he was a huge prospect for the Braves only a few years ago. And then there's Gus Varland guy that they, they took us. in the rule five draft from the Dodgers has never pitched in the big leagues before, but makes the opening day roster. That kind of rounds out the bullpen. A lot of question marks there, but there were a few names that I did not mention. But wait, there's even more. You're going to have Adrian Hauser, who I think will be a really nice piece in the bullpen as a guy that has pitched out of the bullpen. He's made starts. He's been a solid starter for him in 2021. He's got a groin issue. They're expecting him out at least three weeks. You have Aaron Ashby, who after his first couple starts in the big leagues what was that, 2021. He really started to get with it and showed some promise, had a lot of bad luck last year Well, the bad luck's back. He's starting the year on the aisle with a shoulder injury. And then another name, that uh, wasn't mentioned with the hitters. That's Tyrone Taylor, another guy that really had been waiting for his real shot at being an everyday starter. He's going to start the season on the IL. Other than that, though, Brewers relatively healthy. They have uh, relative depth at the uh, field in the with the hitters. For me, it's just the bullpen. It's, it really is the bullpen. How, how good can some of these guys be? Because there's not a ton of experience there.